resilience can make or break your career. So what is resilience? Why is it so important? Resilience gives us the ability to cope with the ups and downs in life, to bounce back rather than cracking under the pressure. I guess when we're faced with adversity and complex and, and horrible situations, resilience is something that we can learn. Resilience in your career is something that can happen at any time. It could be the interview that you want that you didn't get. It could be the shortlist that you didn't make. It could be missing out on a job offer for a job that you wanted desperately. It could be not getting the promotion that you killed yourself working for. And I guess the one that we're all quite familiar with is dealing with the difficult bosses and the challenging work situations. Today, we learn more about resilience and how important it can be in effective career management. And our special guest is Joe Hassan. Joe is a consultant, public speaker, coach and author. Her obsession, other than wearing pink, if you don't mind my saying, Joe, <laughs> um, is building resilience, vitality and resilience. And I suppose the great thing about it is, um, from Joe's perspective, she's written a great book and it's a best-selling book on Amazon. She has her own creation in that book and it's called PEP. And PEP, and I must get this right, Joe, mm -hmm. this trademark model is about purpose, energy, pleasure, and profit, and the combination of all of those in terms of how you build vitality and resilience. Joe is also community ambassador for Are You Okay Day? And she, I have to say, hails from the visit, the, the village of Fulner. Fulner or Fulmer, Joe? Fulmer. F-U-L-M-E-R. <laughs> and I come from the village of Castle Townsend. And I think what's lovely about all of that is that the two of us come from little little places where we have obviously still have family, Joe. Yes, yes. Um, and we talked about how society shapes you, how your upbringing shapes you, um, and how life is a constant discovery, isn't it? And then we reach who we are today. And today, mm -hmm. Joe is going to share with us some of that information. I guess the first question, really, Joe, is. You know, having that sense of purpose, um, you know, is, is a core foundation for your PEP model in terms of how you build resilience and vitality. Some of us find that through great jobs. I remember working with Sherry Kutu, for example, in the UK, and she was my chairman and CEO. And I was inspired by her every day. And I think that was the make or break of me in my career. And um, sometimes I guess it's the, the great work environments, the jobs that we have. And sometimes it's actually the fact that we just mature and we grow up in life. What for you would you recommend as the first useful step for any professional struggling to find what motivates them in their career? Great question. Thank you. Um, I, I think it's um, having an appreciation and reflecting of times in your career when you have been um, perhaps particularly successful or particularly unsuccessful at something where there have been lots of learnings, but where there's an emotional connection. So if you feel that there has been an emotional connection to the outcome of something that you've achieved in your career, then you will, if you listen to what's going on in your heart, you will have a sense of whether you're in the right place, whether you should be doing more of that thing that has um, given you that little buzz or warmth or brought tears to your eyes, or brought tears to the eyes of other people. You'll know that that you're that you're on track 
if you're if you have a sort of a, a, a warm feeling. I mean, it might sound a bit cheesy, but I think that that's the reality. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely right. I think what you're saying is listen to your gut. Absolutely, listen yeah. to your gut. Very big. I'm very big on listening to your gut. Yes. Um, you know, I think our, well, we'll be coming to how crazy our lives are and how often we actually overlook our gut because we're too busy doing. One of the things in your book that I really it really resonated with me was turning on the power of energy to build your mm -hmm. vitality. Yeah. How important is um, vitality to building resilience? And how do you kickstart the generator? How do you actually turn it on? I think to understand energy, even though when we talk about energy, we might be thinking about something fast, to really be able to tune into our energy, we need to slow down and stop and ask ourselves truthfully how, how we're feeling. Um, for me, um, I think as we tune into our own energy and we increase our vitality what that gives us in our in our journeys of life is it is it sort of flattens the roller coaster a little bit you know we have these these big troughs where we go up and down and there are really high highs and deep lows and if we can um increase our vote our vitality then when the, the tough times happen which they will for all of us then we will find that we're able to, to ride them a little more smoothly. And not only ride them more smoothly, but even if it is something really bad, that you can come out the other side quicker. So that that's um, that's I think what 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 resilience and vitality gives to me is that we're not going to um, we're not going to avoid these yucky things that happen. We couldn't avoid the pandemic last year. Um, I couldn't avoid the fact that I couldn't travel back to the village to be with my dying mother. Um, that was that was an, an an awful time, but you know I could see I could be with my family even if it was electronically at a time that was completely ghastly. So I I sort of to use two T words, it went from being it was kind of terrible and terrific at the same time, and I think. Um, so looking for the good in even awful situations is something that's really helpful to help us ride out the storms and ride out the deep troughs of the roller coaster. Mm. I think, you know, think unfortunately for a lot of us where we're living away from home, um, I mean, Australia is our home, but you're from the UK. I'm from mm -hmm. Ireland. That's mm -hmm. the reality for many of us now. And we're really feeling that tyranny of um, tyranny of distance. Mm -hmm. And um, thinking of our loved ones. I mean, your father just turned ninety the other day. Yes, he was ninety on ninety on Monday. So not only so, no. Ordinarily, that would be a significant life event that I would I would um, travel home for. I was there for my mother's eighty fifth birthday. Um, uh, but you know, I couldn't be. You know, Australians are forbidden from leaving Australia right now. So mm -hmm. so between my sister and myself we organized I organized a family dinner we had roast pork which was what my sister was going to have in the evening we did a zoom call we connected with my aunt who's my, my dad's sister they hadn't actually seen one another for more than a year because she's in the north of England so we got my cousin to go and pick her up and so we did a zoom call between dad and my sister and my cousin and aunt and then myself and my son were here, and so the six of us were together, which um, is is a.
fantastic alternative for, for what is otherwise. You know, you could say, well, it's all bad. Well, it's not all bad. We have to we have to make make good in the bad. So we so have, we, we have that situation when we were having dinner and then I checked in with them. I went to sleep, woke up the next morning and we did we did Zoom again while they were having birthday cake their end. So yeah, we made the best of it. <laughs> Make the best of a bad situation in a mm-hmm. in a loving family situation. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's interesting for me is and I talk to a lot of very stressed manic professionals who are running and racing. I mean, you know, one of my directors said to me at one point, she said, Rishin, how do we avoid burnout? But I think the thing that I see with a lot of those people is they keep pushing down the pressure. They keep pushing away the stress. They just keep showing up. You know, it's just, you know, take a spoon of cement and just get on with it. But they don't raise their hand for help because there's that sense, if I do, it'll be perceived as a sign of weakness. Mm. I'm interested in your thoughts. And if, you know, people in that situation, what advice would you give them? I would... I would suggest that they try to embrace the notion that far from being a sign of weakness, asking for help is actually a sign of tremendous strength. Now, I know that that might sound sound a little weird, but but quite frankly, you, you can't just keep pushing, 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 pushing. Something else will give. Um, it might be your own health. It might be the classic midlife crisis, or you might have some some sickness, or somebody close to you gets sick. There will be the universe will throw something at you to mean that you have to stop and take stock. Mm. So I think uh, it, I've had a couple of times in my life in the last few years where I have had to learn to ask for help. Um, about six years ago, I was probably coming up to seven years ago, um, I fell off my foot bike. So a foot bike is an adult scooter with bicycle wheels. That's one of the fun things that I like to do for exercise. And I had just um, kicked 50 kilometres around uh, Brisbane in the Great Brisbane Bike Ride. And um, one of my uh, kicking friends was on the finish line and waved to see me cross the finish line. And as I took my hands off the handlebars, to what to high five her I went over the handlebars and broke the top of my arm now I was completely incapacitated for months months like I've actually got um a plate and nine pins in my arm now so I've got a scar and a good story but what that taught me was I I couldn't do anything for myself I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't even open a tin of tuna to feed myself the most simple lunch I had to ask for help for everything from showering to dressing to being taken to the physio just everything and so that's a very very grounding it's a grounding situation to be in and what it made me think about was gosh do I have to be actually literally brought to my brought to my you know brought to my knees almost to to actually understand that we have to ask for help sometimes and what if we could um, adjust that to ask for help, not just when we literally cannot manage without it, but when it would improve our health and our well-being to, to get help sooner. And so that's part of, um, part of why I have energy in the model is that we might need to ask for, if you can, if you can tune in, listen to your gut and tune in where your energy is at, well, then maybe the help you need is to is to go to the gym. Maybe you need to, to go for a long walk with your dog. Maybe you need to 
go to bed early for a week. Maybe you need to um, take up meditation or um, sit and look at the clouds. Like we need to be able to, to tune in to where our energy is at and know that sometimes um, the help comes from within because we, we, we change something that we're doing and we adjust our lifestyle to, 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 to look, at, look after ourselves better. And at other times, we simply need to be courageous and ask for help. And that might be at home. It might be in our workplaces. Um, this isn't just something that's, that's um, about either home or work. It's, it's in both places. Now, maybe you've been given in your career, you've been given a task that is um, stretched you to, to the point beyond what your, um, your previous experiences have meant that you could solve and you need to know to ask for help or ask someone else where you might get that help from and, and see that as, as a strength, not a weakness, because it's better than, better than, um, better than not, not completing the task or, or doing it, you know, in a, no, lesser way than you otherwise would. It's interesting because you talk about tuning into your inner self. And I was thinking about self-reflection and, mm -hmm. you know, knowing ourselves, you know, knowing our flaws, knowing how we respond to difficult situations, <laughs> knowing whether we get consumed by difficult yeah. situations. Yeah. I often wonder, do people spend much time self-reflecting at all? I mean, how do you find the time to actually think about you and what matters to you? Because often, and I get on talking, we talk about it all the time. People are busy, 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 busy. Mm -hmm. It's young children. It's having to see the parents, going to see the grandparents, perhaps it's studying. Mm -hmm. Perhaps it's, you know, there's all sorts of technology. I just have to say it. I mean, we seem to spend our life on technology. I never stop mm -hmm. working. I think I'm working harder now than when I was in my 20s. And that's not so uncommon. I mean, mm -hmm. And I don't think it's uncommon at all. Um, self-reflection, how do you find the time for self-reflection and how might others find the time? I don't, and, and when and where do you find that time to actually think about yourself and prioritise yourself and, and actually reflect on what matters to you? I think um, a really good starting point is making a decision that it's important and then actually plan for it. If you, if, if you really are just so busy, busy, busy that you don't have the habit of it already, I suggest deciding that it's important and then planning for it. So maybe, maybe that means that you get up 10 minutes earlier or, and, and you, you know, you wake up and you actually consciously sit and meditate, take some deep breaths and think about where you're at. So I, I do it, I do it early in the morning when I first wake up. I do it before I go to bed, before I go to sleep. Um, and sometimes, you know, if you are that busy that you need to create extra um, habits along the way, well, then maybe you say, okay, well, every time I'm at a, a red light, well, there's a stop. You're stopping anyway. So instead of um, trying to be busy with your mind, actually try and take some deep breaths, obviously while being aware of what's going on with the traffic around you, but but see the stop sign as a sign to stop. Um, um, when you're waiting in a queue in the supermarket or, or wherever, well, then instead of getting your, instead of getting your phone out and checking your, checking your Facebook, well, take some quiet deep breaths in the queue. Know that it's, but, but before you um, do anything, it's about um, understanding the importance of that and making a decision that it's worth, worth prioritising if you truly can't 
um, if you if you're not in the habit of doing it already. So take I think away I was saying moments. Small moments are a good start. Doesn't have to be a big amount of time. And to get yourself into the habit, I think what you're saying is look for the triggers mm-hmm. to get yourself into the mindset to actually start thinking about you. Mm-hmm. I think so many of us are in the habit of thinking about everybody else. I always say in my house that I'm like TFG, taken for granted. And I could probably put a few other unsavory <laughs> letters in there as well, but definitely TFG <laughs> is one. And I sort of think, you know, because if you don't prioritize yourself, you seriously will find yourself thinking all I ever did was work. All I ever did yeah. was laundry. All I ever did was yeah. clean the house. All I ever did was, and you can actually feel, that's the sort of thing that can actually wear you down. So mm-hmm. I love that sense of, you know, Think about your traffic lights as tr- whatever they may look like as triggers for you to think about your own self reflection, what matters mm-hmm. to you. One of the things in your book that I absolutely love, Joe, I must get this quote right. You said, Some actions drain the bucket while others um, fill it. And yeah. I thought that was absolutely perfect. And it did make me sort of think about taking stock of what matters and creating a do no more list. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was wondering again. You know, that sort of thing for busy, busy executives. What is filling the book of executives, anybody, advancing professional job seekers? Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people do we know right now that are actively trying to find jobs and feel like they're just facing Everest? Um, I'm curious to know in terms of that filling the bucket, what sort of Mm -hmm. advice would you give them to get them into that mindset that every day can be purposeful, every day must have action and confidence Mm -hmm. in it? What sort of things would you say to them? Well, the, the way that I um, incorporate the PEP model into sort of everyday thinking, PEP, PEP um, again, is, is purpose plus energy plus pleasure plus profit. So to think about with everything that you do, whether it takes you closer to or away from your purpose, whether it energises you or drains you, whether it's pleasurable or not, and whether there's Profit, there's some profit or not. Now, profit might not just be money, of course. Profit might be, you know, uh, there might be other other ways that we, um, other currencies for profit. But if you're doing something that it might be that you're with people who you don't um, completely enjoy the company of, um, you know, we, we unfortunately we come across people in our lives who some people who light us up and who we can learn from and other people who um, not so. So it might be um, an activity that you're doing in your in your job, in your career. You know, is that something that that you really feel like you're adding value and it energizes you or is it like, oh, you know, ho-hum draining don't like doing this thing day in, day out, month in, month out, in which case um, I hope that asking the PEP question, you know, checking in on those four things, purpose, energy, pleasure and profit, that you can make a decision then. It might be that this task um, drains you but but you're being paid really, really well for the time being and so it's okay to put up with it because at least there's there's the, the the profit element. But if it's none of those, if it's not taking you towards the sort of career that you want, if it's draining you, if you if you if you despise doing it and you're not being paid well, well, what can you do about that? How can you um, adjust your thinking and take some action to 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 change at least one of those things with the PEP model? If yes. we have four negatives, 
um, basically, or if one of those negatives is weighing very heavily on you, yes. or four you said is going to lead to sickness, one of those four that is potentially critical is not going to be very healthy for your career in any event. And you need That's to take right. stock of the PEP model and mm -hmm. say to yourself from a purpose, from an energy. Um, what was the next one? Purpose? Pleasure. 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 Energy. Pleasure and profit. And profit. If one yeah. of those isn't, and profit doesn't have to be money. I guess the other thing, I, you know, we all, I mean, profit can be simply the fact that you're doing something that means a lot to you. I know a lot of people, it's not about the salary they earn, it's about the work that yeah. they do every day and the difference they make to society. My question yeah. to you is um, personal connections and relationships, how important are they in building resilience? Oh, very, I think. If, if, if you are, um, if you spend a lot of time around people who you don't enjoy the company of, then that in itself will bring you down um, at some point. So if you don't enjoy their company, if you're not, if you're not learning from them, um, you know, if, if, they're, if they're toxic in some way, then it, that's, it's not sustainable. You know, resilience is and vitality is sort of a whole. And if, you're a, if you spend a lot of time around people who are, who are um, negative and down, then it, that, that travels and it's really hard to be the, the happy, smiley one long, long term. No, we all have um, situations in our lives where we're, we're a bit down and, and we're grateful for um, others to bolster us. And that can be in reverse. Like, you know, when I needed help, well, I was so grateful of my friends um, bolstering me. But, but there has to be um, give and take. It can't be a one-way street all the time. So it's so important to be around people who, who, who energise you, who you enjoy the company of, because because that energy travels, the vitality travels, whether you're whether you run your own business, whether you're an employee, um, whether you're a leader and you have a team of people, everybody knows how you're feeling because they can tell when you walk through the door whether you're you know smiling and, and beaming um, you know, you don't have to be happy all the time if there's really yucky stuff going on. but I'm a firm believer in, in trying to find the good in whatever's going on, and that that will that will carry us through and help us um, smooth out the troughs of the roller coaster, as I said at the beginning. So in Joe's book, I think one of the things that comes across very strongly is that mental illness is not a prerequisite for building resilience, but resilience is an important piece, and building that vitality and resilience in helping to protect you from your mental health. And in fact, um, Joe had a quote in her book that talked about taking good care of yourself, it said, means building stores of resilience for those tough times. And that quote was by Quentin Bryce, who we all know and love. And I guess what I'd say to all of you is, you know, you don't have to be perfect. You can be less perfect. Uh, when you go to work, you don't have to shine brightly all the time. And I'm not using my words. I'm using Joe's words. This is in Joe's book, which we obviously will put up when we're, we're promoting this piece today. Um, you know, you don't have to shine brightly all the time. You do have to be you. And don't be afraid on the bad days to say, I'm not feeling great. And on the good days to say, I'm feeling fantastic. And find your own balance. Don't see it as a, a sign of weakness. Increasingly now, we're looking for people to be themselves, to be their authentic selves in the workplace, not to be what they expect, what they think everybody else wants, uh, expects them to be. 
So on that note, I'm going to say goodbye to you all today. Joe and I will resume this conversation again. Joe, I just want to say thank you very much. You've been fantastic. And, um, uh, and we will talk again. And to everybody else who's tuning in today, uh, please pay attention to some of the really great words of wisdom that have been imparted. For me, Roisin Duffy, and from the Living Your Career show, we air every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, so we'll, and that is Brisbane noontime. So we'll see you again um, next week. But for now, goodbye. Thanks very much.